ain't about to be paying $3 million for no deal. Like, yeah. I'm past that stage. <laughs> I'm not getting in no bidding war. ticking on that Unless artist. I yeah. feel in my soul you're yeah. about to be Rihanna, Beyonce, I'm not doing that. Oh, Lord. Jensen made another one. Hey, what's up? You're I'm your host, Brandon Jinx Jenkins, and welcome back to another episode of the Rap Caviar Podcast, which you can watch exclusively on Spotify. This week, we're talking about artist discovery and development in 2022, and to do that, I brought along a couple friends. So first up, we have veteran A&R and artist manager and concert promoter, Dominique Maldonado, slash Dom Maldonado, <laughs> multiple names. Next, he's a senior vice president of A&R at RCA Records, Derek Arrow. What's yo, up, man? Yo, yo. And to my left, vice president of A&R at Interscope and founder of Be Heard Management, Barreline. Hey, everyone. What's up, y'all? What's going on? Hey. So I guess the first question I have for you all, um, as A&Rs are working in the A&R capacity, um, set the stage. Who are some of the artists you all have worked with like in your careers? Barreline, we can start with you first. Um, one of the first artists I signed, well, the first artist I signed was Polo G. Mm. After I signed Polo G, I moved over to Interscope, and my second artist was The Baby. So um, the baby was when I when I signed Polo G. It was like I didn't really know nothing. Like I was still the intern at like assistant at Def Jam, and Tubby ended up hiring me at Columbia, and I ended up just being there for one month. I signed Polo G, and then Joey Aid came and was like, "Girl, you coming to Interscope? You're moving to LA?" Because <laughs> I wasn't on a real contract when I was at um, Columbia, so I ended up working with the baby, and it's crazy because. Like, I didn't know anything, but nobody knew that I didn't know anything. <laughs> and I'm like, fake it till you make it. That was me. Like, yeah. I didn't even know what mixing and mastering was. <laughs> so one day, like, the baby was like, I was like, we got to deliver the mixes. And he was like, no, it's the mastering. And I was like, man, that just slipped my mind. Like, it was man, a long right. morning. <laughs> but, like, stuff like that, I was learning. And I was always asking questions, you know. Um I mean, at that point when I was working with the baby, he was the biggest artist ever at that time. Like we're talking my first year being a real A and R SNL, number one albums, number one records, like drop a song, it was number one, number yeah. one video. Like imagine being a new A and R and that's the hell was going on. And like moments that I remember is like telling him like, yo, there's this girl, Megan Thee Stallion, that came out. You and her need to do this record cash shit because I know that y'all going to be the next biggest artist. And he was like, he didn't even know who that was. And I was like, do this record. And then we have a platinum record cash shit. For Dom, for you, who were some of the um, artists you've worked at just throughout your career? So... I'm actually fairly new to the A&R side of things. Mm. I have much more experience as an artist manager. Yeah. I worked with Q-Tip for a number of years and a couple of younger producers and up-and-coming artists. Um, I also, I think most people, especially in our generation, know me mostly from a concert series that I produced for a number of years. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Called um, Leaders of the New Cool. And there were a lot of firsts with that, like Travis Scott's first show and Iggy Azalea's first show. I know that's like a, a mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting mix. No, that, that, that was the time. I remember that. Yeah. Both of those. Yeah, and, and um, you know, just within that, I, I found myself touching like every facet of hip-hop and then eventually moving over into including more R&B artists in that. So that was always sort of my A you know, happy place and expression of my creativity and my interest in artists and really wanting to build a community around, you know, who the up and coming talent was, not just 
on the artist side, but the management side and the A&Rs and, you know, making sure we all are, like, coming up together and paying attention to what we're doing. So through that, I saw a lot of artists' career trajectories. Like, if you're doing that in 10 years, you see someone's first show and then you go see them at Madison Square Garden. You're like, all right, I've seen what it takes to get from there to there. Um, And on the A&R side, like, I've worked with... um, Handled the last few Earl Sweatshirt projects, which, you know, obviously he's an artist that's very dear to all of us in the culture. Um, And then also working with Jojo, who's amazing, um, and some developing artists like BK the Ruler, who I definitely think is up next. And Mm. Maria Isabel is incredible. And, you know, I've just been very fortunate to be able to work with artists that I feel are singular talents, but again, take you know, actual creativity, time, and development to get to where they need to be. So that's really what I'm focused on as an A&R right now. Nice. Thanks. Derek? Yeah, man. um, I was an intern for three and a half years um, when RCA was J Records. This is like 2011 to 2015. On my last day of my internship, I got the job as an assistant. Then I was an assistant for four people for three and a half years. Um, and then the week I became an A&R, um, my very first week I became an A&R, I signed Golink, very first week. Um, you know, since then, you know, I've signed, uh, you know, I've signed Lotto, um, Childish Gambino, Brock Hampton, Trinata, uh, amongst others. And, Ooh. you know, kind of like... You know, I think the thing that's mattered, kind of like what you said, Dom, is like artists that have uh, an identity that when you walk in the room, you could say, this this didn't exist before you. Mm-hmm. And now, because this didn't exist, we can find a path for this person to exist. Because, you know, there's a lot of artists that have similar sounds to each other, and, and that's, that's, not, that's not a bad thing. But you can't copy an identity that's true to you. We could dress the same. We can act the same, we can eat the same foods, but my story is different from your story. So if I know how to tell my story in a way that's different from your story, that's what's exciting to me. And I think for all those artists that I've worked with, um, they've all had that. When I first met Lotto, the first thing I thought about when she walked in the room, well, first she was a fucking star. But the second thing I thought about was there's never been a woman to pop off from Atlanta. You know, the brat is one people talk about, but she's from Chicago and she came to Atlanta when she was 18. You yeah, know? yeah. You know, Lotto grew up in Atlanta, you know, and when I thought about that, I said, well, all these legendary artists, the Futures, the T.I.s, the Outcasts, there's never been a woman, you know? So that was like, you know, when, when Bitch from the South was about to go gold, we were like, we're going to make, we have to, we have to tag that, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, you know, and, and that's the t- type of stuff that matters to me the most is artists that have a unique identity and story that we can run with. I mean, everyone, you all just said, like, this is like the sound of music um, in the last, like, five years, ten years. Like, you all just named a pretty crazy, like, as a group, <laughs> this is a crazy roster. Like, just a playlist of that alone <laughs> is enough to take care of us for a week. Um, the word A&R feels like sometimes a blurry one. I think it's one of those ones where people on Twitter talk the most about a like, <laughs> I want to be an A&R. This, they need a different A&R, like, and people, it's like that term people don't really know right so as a group i know there's different types of a&rs i think the question i'm asking is um what falls under the role of a&r um anyone you can kind of kick yeah so there's different a&rs a&rs that's in the streets like i'm outside with the artists like we we at the studio we at the club we just building a vibe because at the end of the day first is trust right so i can't tell my artists like 
yo, put this person on a record. They like, girl, I don't even see you. You at the office. Like, Facts. what you... Yeah. There's paperwork a and It's like, you know, Facts. people that's mm-hmm. writing lyrics. Like, this. then there's the people that's outside. Like You know, there's paperwork A&Rs. There's, yeah. there's A&Rs who, I guess, are kind of like placing their artists with other artists or, or yeah. certain music. There's research A&Rs. The research, yep. so research A&Rs. behind a computer, and they're yeah. like, hey, what's going on on YouTube? This got mad views. Mm-hmm. Let's sign it. And yeah. then they'll call me or they'll call somebody and they'll sign it. And it's like, I don't sit on YouTube every day. The the only People ask me all day, how can I get signed? How can I get signed? I'm like, do the work because once you do the work, it's going to end up on my feet. It's going to end up on my lap. Like, not searching, hey, what's the next hottest artist? Like, it just got to end up fall on my lap and then I pay attention. But there's different types of you know. For you all, what do you feel like is like, um, what are some of the roles that might fall under specific type of a and Yeah, I mean, I, I mean. Responsibilities, really. What you said is like literally A1 because there's there's not just that so many A&Rs, so many types of A&Rs, but there's so many subsets in that types mm-hmm. of A&Rs. So like, you know, I think that if you, if you have an A&R department, you got to have the people, like you said, that are really big on the research tip. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when we're creatives and we're in the studio, we're making records. We don't have time for we, that. Not even have time. We don't even, sometimes we don't even feel like looking on, in that yeah. shit. We don't mm-hmm. feel like being the, oh, this shit is moving, but, you know, I don't get it. You know, like, it happens. You know what I'm saying? So you got to have, you have to have that. You have to be able to pay attention to understand what's moving on the data side. Understand what is the data that you're looking for. You got to be someone that understands the studio side of it, right? Which is like, okay, putting artists together, putting producers together, putting writers together. Getting the right engineer. Right, engineer. Which, mind you, even in that perspective, there's different tiers of that. You mm. could be a you could be a really good rap A and R and say I know how to get the right producers to, to pull up the right joints. You could be a good song right, song making A and R where you're like, hey, you know what? I I don't really I you know I know beats are good, but I know how to find songs mm-hmm. and I know how to convince my artists to cut this song. You know, you could be you know, and then there's like then there's there's and this is something a lot of people always said. I just got in some shit on Twitter with someone about this. I was <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But it's not it wasn't that deep. I, yeah. I, I, I said something like this I said like I said there's a lot of people that overhype being early obviously being early is important duh like you gotta find stuff early and see stuff early but you know what's more important than being early gotta be on time because there's a lot of A&R's that think oh I found something when it was nothing and you know I need me a cookie but you didn't sign it you didn't break it you know, so it doesn't matter. You need mm-hmm. to ha- you need to be able to have the eyes and the, and the talent to see when something's popping, but also know when's the time to get involved and get involved before it becomes this huge. Everybody's trying to throw everything breaking at it. Breaking an artist is very important it. because it's, very, it's hard. I've done deals and I'm like, I didn't take it to the I didn't take it to the level it was supposed to. Yep. But in that also comes the team that the artist of has course. because the artist team, such as a manager and the people around them, can be the, the whole back from the attorney and the people around this. So I've had artists that are close to, that have so much star potential, but their fucking team sucks. One thing or the other. They don't answer an email. They're not responsible. And my biggest motherfucking pet peeve, do not be late. They late (laughs) to shit. (laughs) Motherfucker, you ain't Jay-Z. Fuck is you late for? (laughs) Like, like they don't have, and they don't, and they don't want to be stars. I think with social media, People feel like, damn, I could be popping. I got a deal. I got some money. I'm mm-hmm. lit. And it's like, money now that in. you signed that check, <laughs> you know? now that you signed that contract, you really got work to do. Like, there's work to be done. Once you sign that dotted line and you sign to a major, that's when the real work got to be done because now you got to give these people their money back. You think you got an advance. And some. But you have to <laughs> put in the work so you can stay here. Artists get dropped every day, too, by the way. 
That should be a t-shirt. I always get a job every day. That's a dark t-shirt. <laughs> For you, Dom, um, you know, especially like the, the drawing the distinction between manager, manager and A&R. I imagine sometimes they can get blurry. Um, yeah. But, right, like it seems like a lot of the responsibility is shared in the good world. Everyone has the same idea. Uh, they're not showing up late or fucking it up. Yeah. But um, in the case of drawing the line between A&R and manager, what are some of the responsibilities you found yourself that have fallen into your roles at A&R? Well, I think to your point about the artist team being great. I mean, occasionally when you are early, Mm -hmm. whether it's building the relationship before signing the artist or pulling them in, there's a lot of amazing artists who just haven't had access to a great team just yet. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's where me as an A&R, I might have to come in and do a little bit more heavy lifting and kind of be aware of that, maybe even make the rest of the label aware of, you know, what the learning curve is for a management team that we're working with. And I think just having experience as a manager coming in prior to the label experience, it kind of gave me a bit of an idea of what everyone needs to be doing. Mm. And, you know, it's not just that all these departments are super unfamiliar to me. It's not like I can go in and regulate what everyone's doing, but I think it puts... You know, just having that background and understanding, it allows you to sort of hold people accountable and be the best advocate. One thing that, you know, even speaking to the role of an ANR, I think one of the biggest roles that we have is to be the internal advocate for the artist. Like you said, we're usually the closest to them, but, you know, while everyone else is speaking to, we need this to grow on the digital side or, you know, this, this isn't in sales. And this right. Is. Enough isn't happening with um, press or whatever, <laughs> you know, while they're pushing and, and having their asks of the artists and the team, it's also my responsibility to fully understand the artist's vision, you know, both creatively and just where their trajectory is to make sure that that's protected as they grow. Yeah. So so that they're not, say, like you said, you can have, a, like, any moment where you have visibility or virality or anything is a blessing. But if you don't have a plan for how you're going to follow through with that, and part of that plan comes with truly understanding the artist's vision, and, you know, you might go chasing a complete path that makes no sense for you six months later. Exactly. So so having that brand and and not missing the grassroots elements, which, you know, as I said, can also come from just really, really knowing who they are, how they move, what their sensibility is. It's not sustainable. Like it's crazy the scale you guys are talking about your work and commitment to the artist because I think I think Twitter thinks A&R is like, I'm a place beats. Like, I'm a, you know, like, I'm a, this artist needs to rap on this beat. Like, that's how, you know, and it's, but like, you guys clear, you guys even just saying this here, um, not only says that, yeah, sure, that can be a part of it, but how wide the role is, and it's not just a task-oriented role, which you guys are talking about is a lot of um, interpersonal, like, like human-to-human shit with the artists of like, you know, being their advocate, protecting them, mm-hmm. sometimes from themselves. Being Making like, sure mm-hmm. their mental health is right, too. Ooh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, absolutely. It's like when people think of A&R, I think they see the glory of maybe what they, for themselves instead of thinking, like, no, you're actually protecting a person and their art. Yep. Um, and, like, in that case, like, it is protecting the business. In that mm-hmm. case, it is feeding the fans. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like the whole picture. Yep. You okay. kind of talked about it with the baby, but I'm curious for um, either you right now, who's an artist that you really saw develop 
whether you you were the one that found them yeah. or just um, you were the one that kind of became like the shepherd of their their yeah. artwork. <laughs> and what and what were the keys you yeah, think to no, that evolution? 100%. I mean, I, I think I mean, I think the the one that I, I I'm probably the most proud of in that perspective uh, is Lotto, because you know the way that whole played out, the whole thing played out was, you know, when when I first met her. I, funny enough, I didn't even know she was on the show because I didn't. I knew about the show, the rap game, but I never watched it, so I didn't really know. And then I, I did my research. I said, "Oh, okay, cool." Um, you know, and when she came in, you know, she she was you know this girl from Atlanta, from you know Clayco, and I was like, "All right, cool." Uh, but she was always she was so smart from the mm-hmm. jump. She was so smart, so like her eyes were like, "I'm trying to be the biggest thing I can possibly be," right? And um, she understood a lot of the basics of how to maneuver online. And, you know, the the the, the two uh my two my two partners on the project, Jay Grand and Marguerite, you know, we were both having like a lot of conversations about like, okay, like, you know, this is this is where she is musically and this is where she is socially. How do we continue to help push the conversation forward? And as much as we could say we said whatever we said and we we helped every way her ability to be ahead of the curve on what needs to be done and always create a conversation was special from jump and it got even better and better as time went on. Like you have to remember she popped during the pandemic, you know, she popped, she blew up during the pandemic where you weren't outside, you know, you, you you couldn't touch her. She wasn't, her first tour was right after 777 came out, you know, and it was all, it was pretty much a sold out tour. That was an amazing album Thank from you. the beginning yeah. to Thank end. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. You know, and, and, um, and, and I still had to say like her, I remember just the way she looked at the world uh, from everything going on with her, everything in the world, the way she used to approach it and, and, and being on Twitter and being on social media to way now she uses social media not in that, and she never. It was never against her. She always used it well, mm-hmm. but now she even used it even further to to push this brand that she further created, and it's actually beautiful. And then in the, and in the studio, like she was always been a workhorse. She's mm-hmm. always been a beast. Like 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 she's the one person of all my artists I could say that that. When she's like, I'm going to the studio. If we don't got our packs ready, <laughs> oh, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, and she's and she's and it went from that to like, oh, I need some dope beats to like, I need the best ideas that I could possibly make so I could put my spin and do what I do. I need the best, I need the best concepts, the best like thematics, you know. And she adds her flavor, and it's gotten so special over over time. And I, it's it's you know, it's something that I, you know I've been I'm just astounded. And every time I see her, you know. One more thing I have to say. I'm sorry I'm raining here, but like even her live show, you know, like yeah. when I saw her live show at the beginning, it was good. She was she was always a good live performer. She's been doing arenas with fucking Lizzo and she's fucking crushing it. Yeah. Like absolutely. Like I remember when the big energy video came out, everybody was clowning her dancing, and now she's ripping that shit. Like this this is the growth that every artist you want to see happens and the the sky's the is it's not even the limit. Who's Can I La- say something about Lotto quickly? Yes. Because I was very much <laughs> The other A and R that was <laughs> that was trying to sign her, I and had I'm a like, with her too. I was flying I all around. <laughs> I went to I went to a show in Houston where wow. she performed, and there was like maybe 45 people there. And when I tell you that she acted as if she was in an arena, like the energy, the connection, 
to your point about her professionalism, like I joined one of her studio sessions. She came in with her, I hope this is okay. She came in with her little salad and like started on time. You know, it wasn't Focus. like everybody's. Focus. Yo. I mean, we know what those sessions can of be course. like. Of course. I know rap time is. I'm an interviewer. I know rap time. Rap time is but, like, oh, we book you at 12 and we I show up at two because you're going to show up at three. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, you know, I just, I knew that whether it was. <laughs> me that signed her or a respected peer that she just was going to thrive because you know the professionalism doesn't always meet with talent but when that combination is there it's like I gotta add on to the lotto the thing because so I did a thing uh, it was like a live show thing with uh, a soda company I'd name them but you know they're not paying me anymore right now so Amen. Uh, right. anyway it was a soda company <laughs> and lotto showed up uh, professionalism is in fact there because I remember um, the the AC went on her trailer. She's in the middle of Atlanta in August. Oh my gosh. Um, so she's, she just sat in her whip. Uh, but the bigger thing was, um, who's her DJ? Vaughn. Love Vaughn. Vaughn is dope, uh, Love Vaughn. Shout um, out DJ Vaughn. Yeah, shout out DJ Vaughn. So um, she was performing. This is a live stream. There's no one there, right? Because it's still kind of like we're in between quarantine and yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's delivering this show. And I saw her do her sound check. And I'm like, Yo, we've all been inside. It's our for everyone's first time back outside. And I was asking her and Vaughn, like, did y'all do a lot of streaming shows? She's like, yeah. And she knew that streaming wasn't a sign that she, you know, it was a sign that she could translate to a bigger, yeah. a bigger platform. So there's no one in the room besides us. It's like if she performed right here in this mm-hmm. room and she she just tore it up. And it was my first time seeing her live because she had popped off in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But that development period, she took that time inside and found a way to translate it. 100%. Um, it was crazy, like. Can I say one more thing? And, and not even particularly to her, but just in general about this, right? Artist development is real because personal development is real. Yes. Artist development and personal development goes hand in hand. People so many times expect that you come into the game and you could be the most talented, you could have the biggest numbers, you could have whatever you have going on for you. But if you're as a human not fully developed and fully understand where you are the moment that you're in, there's no way you could comprehend it. It's like going from high school straight to the league. Mm-hmm. There's no way you could comprehend what you actually have to be doing and how to do it at a high level. You know, she, you know, if you look at her history, you know, I remember one one last thing, one of the last things, when we first signed her, we were talking, we look at her YouTube, you saw videos from like two, when she was 13. Yeah. And, you know, normal people like, oh, you know, we should take this shit down. She's like, nah, keep it up there. Because mm-hmm. I want everybody to see where I came the from. Path. I want to see everyone to see the whole thing. And like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that shit because mm-hmm. because that's like that type of stuff reflects not just the artists that I fuck with, but even myself as a human being. Cause we all need personal development to be the best we could be in our careers. Um, I'm curious for you all, like, is there um, is there an artist that you guys found, especially early on, that you felt like kind of sh- unlocked and showed you the keys to, yes. yep. to like, what that looks like? Yep. You know, like... Chance it, the Rapper. It, it, I was going to say, is it a lot of... Oh. Chance <laughs> nah, Chance the Rapper. He was the, fir- he was the first one for... I'll tell you, this is why I say this. He was the first one, which you didn't mention in your show, which that was the first time he I He was saw. not... So the, the show the with first, Travis Scott, was like open Chance opener. was, like, <laughs> maybe opener, in opener. the middle of the set... Not even With, <laughs> opener, opener. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't like, remember the schedule. Like, <laughs> but um we have to bring it to Shay. Yeah, and uh two nine, if anybody remembers two, Atlanta two, two nine, nine. And yeah. like it was just a whole like blog era extravaganza. It was beautiful. But, it was beautiful. but yeah. With, with with chance, the reason why I say chance for me, because 
he was the first artist that I found. I found him in uh, mid-2012 before 10 Day came out. Like, he did, okay. Yeah, before 10 Day came out. Like, right before 10 Day came out. And I remember listening to the song called um, Fuck You Talking About, which was the, like, he rapped over the uh, Fuck This Industry by Waka Flocka, and which was on um, the, the mixtape. And I remember being like, I don't like this song, <laughs> but I love him. <laughs> and I actually ended up liking the song a lot more later, but I didn't like it when I first heard it, but I loved him. And I was, and again, this is pre-streaming, so this is a different, you know, data was obviously around, but it wasn't quantified the same way it is now, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was bring, bring. I brought it to the label. I was an assistant. Like, yo, you know, this kid's dope. We need to fuck with him. Everybody, like, eh, you know, his voice is annoying. Da, da, da. <laughs> you know, whatever. And then about like, almost a year later, South by Southwest 2013 goes around. And I'm hearing, I'm going, this is going to be my first stop by. I'm hearing that this is going to be, he's going to be the he's one. The kid. He's going to be the one. Every year there's Everyone someone wants who that makes one. Them. Yes. You know? It was like Wiz, then Kendrick, yep, then like. Yep, yep. Then the year Chance, with Baby yeah. and Meg. So yep. I, 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 when I went to South by, it was everything that they said it was going to be. And I remember leaving South by, and it felt like where it was like maybe one or two labels were going after him beforehand. It was. 50, and it's not even 50 labels, but it felt like 50 labels. And, <laughs> not even 50 And it's not even 50 labels, and it felt like that, you know? And uh, he was the one that taught me, that showed me, like, oh, shit, like, I see something. I know how to see this. Like, I see, I okay. saw it when it didn't exist, and now I'm seeing it where now he's ripped, everybody wants him, and he just he dropped a classic mixtape, mm-hmm. and now he's ripping shows. And then eventually, when he really took it there with Coloring Book and the Grammy, I felt, you know, I was like, I felt fortified and like, my God. And your vision. Yeah, yeah. Baraline, you you know, you spoke about that um, kind of being essentially like, you went from like really just starting your career to like having the baby, right? Like mm-hmm. this massive artist. Is that the artist that kind of showed you how the a and thing worked and that you had the vision or was it someone else? I mean, there's been a lot of moments where I put records together and I was like, what the hell? But he was the one because I was just throwing ideas like, I remember we were talking about Lizzo, and I was like, damn, maybe you should be on the remix of her song. And I called somebody, and then I think it was Truth Hurts. I don't remember the song. And then we made it happen, and then it comes out, and it's like, it goes crazy. Like, it has this moment. What do you think it was that gave you that? Like, was it your time as an intern, or was it? I was just, like, obsessed with, like, sounds and new artists, and I'm a collaborator. I'm a person that likes to people put people together so I could visually be like hear a record and be like yo you gotta put this person on it that's what it was and he was trusting my insight and he was trusting me because we were locked in that's where mm-hmm. we were like spending a lot of time together so he was trusting all my insight and we were just putting records out like I just trust his vision I think that the baby was like he was doing what nobody was doing at that time like no matter what nobody says can't nobody fuck with the baby that year that we dropped Mm. even during the pandemic Rockstar number one record I remember finishing and putting the album out and we didn't even shoot a video I remember being in the studio with Roddy at Chatless till like freaking 8 o'clock in the morning I didn't know that record was gonna be that big it was the biggest song of the fucking year. Brand new Lamborghini, fuck a cop car. With a pistol on my hip like I'm a cop. Have you ever met a real nigga rock star? This ain't no guitar, bitch, this a clock. But a lot of what you guys are talking about is uh, vision. Right? Yeah, I yeah. think vision is very important. Like, with, with my artist, Babyface Ray, that I manage, mm-hmm. I remember the first time I met Ray, I was like, oh, you need a structure. 
Like you have the music, like Detroit. He had just dropped the tape. It was like five songs, and I seen him. I'm like, "Yo, what's up? Like, you got a manager?" He's like, "Nah." So I'm gonna, <laughs> he like, "I'm gonna just send you a bunch of music." I ain't hit him back for like a month because I was just busy. And then I listened to it, and I was like, "Yo, I have a plan for this kid." Facts. I flew to Detroit. I literally sat in his basement. Crisscross applesauce with a big ass board, mm-hmm. and I said, "We are going on tour. We're going to be on the double XL cover." I still have the picture of that board, mark, date, everything. Beautiful. That year, dropped on fuck Went on tour with Jack Harlow. Mm-hmm. Like, it was insane. Like number one on one of them Billboard lists. Then we're talking about this year. We dropped in January. Rolling Stone album of the year. Mm-hmm. Double XL cover. This is all so when the you billboard put a, just came out too. a yeah. billboard. <laughs> Once you put a plan behind an artist and the artist is willing to do the work, there's nothing an artist can do. Yeah, I was just going to point out with the whole, I mean, obviously there's a lot of, and I, I don't know if this was going to be one of your questions anyway, but, you know, artists feeling some pressure from the label to do TikToks and like let's have, hear let's have all the label of this TikTok conversation <laughs> right into it. Yep. I mean, I would just say that that's part of, you know, I don't remember what you, you said about their personal growth yeah. and yeah. their development yep. as people. Yep. That's part of being responsible for yourself and saying, look, a record could pick up on TikTok. And I think there's been a lot of articles and conversation about this recently where they're saying that, these micro content pieces are not being connected to the artists themselves. Yep. Mm-hmm. So a song will blow up and it's just one more song on a playlist or it's one more song that's on everyone's TikTok story, but we don't know who the artist is. They feel anonymous. Yep. To your point about them needing to have their identity and really knowing who they are, if you don't show up on TikTok, you don't even get a chance to say, hey, it's me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's my record. I and, and this is what I have next and this is who I am. And I actually have a personality or something cool about me that people can connect with. It's just, it's just literally not being absent from a platform where your music might already be picking up. I have like a little bit, not say a formula, but like a phrase I tell all, all the artists I, I, uh, I work with. And I came up with it during the pandemic. It's... Uh, it's content, context, cadence, right? Mm-hmm. So the content is obviously the product. Like, if the product is whack, it doesn't matter what the fuck you put on it. It's, it will only go so far. Context, so why should anyone give a fuck about you? Mm-hmm. Like, why, like, why, what is the reason? What's your story? What's the idea? Mm-hmm. Once I've heard it, why do I care about you? And then cadence is how often do you pop up? Like, how often? Like, it's crazy you say something with the baby. The baby was the first artist in my, in, in the, um, in the, in the post-TikTok era, right, 2019 and up, that, to me, mastered all those things, right? Mm-hmm. So when D- Baby on Baby came out into Kirk and all that type of stuff, right, he had the records. The records were on... Music were on, videos. Yeah, he had the records, the mm-hmm. videos, all that shit was fine. So the content was crazy, right? The context was everything that led up to that moment from everything before the deal all the way to what was going on in his current day or current time at that time period and the cadence I could not go without a week without either seeing him on Twitter Mm -hmm. on Instagram on TikTok on a a blog on on, on, on real anything and and that's where to your point a, a lot of artists get it messed up you need to I'm not saying that you have to be a master 
at TikTok right. or a master at Twitter or Instagram or anything of that nature. You have to show up. You got to show up. You got to yeah. be present because if you're not present, if you're not present, you're all you're doing is throwing hands to the you're throwing your hands up to other people that that controls your shit, whether it's virality, the record label, or anybody else. If you control your narrative and your pathway, the universe will help guide it with you. Mm. Can I say something? What happens when the artist is too visual mm. and then people get tired of them? Because I've fallen into a space where the little whatever people on in, on Twitter, Instagram, whoever they are, they be in their house or in their mom's house. <laughs> they be like, you sound the same or you do this. And then the artist switches their sound and they still don't like it or it's not who the artist Can't is. Yeah, listen to those trolls, man. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like trolls. you can never win in this shit. Like, nah. you either got to follow your flow and be who you are because... It's hard right now. Like, if you really sit there and look at all the comments online, like, you will go crazy. Bro. I would say it's like, it's Bro. not it's not a music thing. It's just a person thing. It's like, um, you kind of got to do it your way because if, even if you lose, you know why you lost. Yes. But if you switch your game plan so many <laughs> right. times, you won't remember what you switched from, what you switched to. You guys either help provide the artist the compass yeah. or you help to remind them of their compass. Like, you said, Boom. this is the plan Reminding. we made. We're going yeah. this way, right? Giving them that confidence to not feel... Because when you switch it up too much, whether it's from reading comments or wherever that comes from, or just the pressure to grow at a pace that's not happening so far, I mean, we always have to make decisions to figure out how to accelerate things. That's just part of mm-hmm. your my job and, and, and oh, the artist's job. But, you know making a decision and making it deliberate and making it still true to a path that fits you as an artist that feels natural keeps you from the absolute worst thing in the world which is to look desperate like looking desperate is looking uncool and it's unsustainable um you know artists part of you know especially a lot of the ones that i tend to gravitate to you know, a song that they have is old and six months to them, you know, before we're even finished with a project. Yeah. So it's also kind of encouraging them every now and then, slow your roll. The sound that we're, that actually is picking up that maybe is a year old to you. Let's just like, let's ride that a little bit longer Amen. so that people get a grip on what you are before you switch it up all the way, especially when you're still in those early, I'd say, first 24 months of, of you know, really having your career going. Facts. And overthinking could overthinking really it. drive artists crazy. I have uh, artists that yeah. overthink everything. Every and I'm like, bro, it ain't that deep. Put the shit out. Like, <laughs> I was like, one plus one yeah. equals two, my nigga. Like, yeah. And then they put it out and they be like, damn, you was right. I told you just put it out because then you let 10 homies hit. Everybody pause. That's not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're taking a turn. <laughs> 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 yeah. you, you let everybody like hear the record then they be like, this ain't hot, this ain't... That That don't mean that's no. like... You know, your that's, friends hear that shit all the time. They don't yeah. know what's right. Yeah. It's, not, it's not the audience not at the large. World. And I mean, I, I always say this. I feel like we in a time where we always picking singles and this is the single, this is the record, and this is the record. No one knows. Ain't nobody bigger than the streets. The yeah. streets is picking the records for you. You could, put a, you could put so much money into a record and then you put out your project and the streets pick a whole nother record for you. And that could be the record you ain't even so think about. I want to ask you guys about yeah. that because we're going to say the streets is actual listeners, but also let's 
talk a little bit as data on the side, yep. but how does data work its way into it, right? Where it's like, um, I'm sure the label's bringing data. I'm sure you guys have your own internal data within your teams, yep. but then also it's just the audience, right? Yep. There's always the idea of like, man, numbers don't matter. It's the art and the music that matters, Let's but... Let's cap. Let's cap. I hate to say it's cap. And this, why I say, and I say, and this is why I say that. I said like, numbers aren't arbitrary. They're not like... They're not like somebody wrote numbers on the board. Like, they actually exist. They're human beings. The numbers that we see are a reflection of what people are listening to. Mm. Now, this is why I say, I don't, I don't think you make your decisions solely off data. Because if you make your decisions off data, one, the data can change. Two, if you know, if you make decisions and you're right, you don't know what to do next because you mm-hmm. just focus on Get away on from more data, Yeah, right? yeah, wait for more data. <laughs> yeah. So, you, so it's, I, I, there's another... Thing I, I guess I just I, I'm gonna write a book of these things I coin. I I have like a another formula. I we coin. need that book. I, I guess I have to. I guess <laughs> is I call it like ears, eyes, and gut. You know what I'm saying? It's like your ears is what we have. Is it fire? Is it shit? Mm-hmm. Am I listening to it? And I'm like, yo, I like this shit. This shit is hard. Eyes is like, can I see the data? Can I see what if what I'm hearing? If I'm hearing something, do I see something that reflects? Is there evidence see, of it? Is there evidence? And then gut with the what I'm hearing with what I'm seeing with the evidence. Do I feel like I can scale this? Do I feel like I can take this? What's from, the ceiling? What's the ceiling? Yeah. And there's another thing to that point. I'm, I'm glad you just said that. We have to understand, if you have an artist, let's say like an Earl Sweatshirt or like, uh, um, i trying to think of something like that. Like just an artist that is very, very, very important. Very important to the culture. And maybe it's not meant to play the radio streaming game. It's not meant to. Yeah. You can still have a legitimate business with that artist, a big successful business with that artist, if you just make things, if you do things the right way, if you make the right moves on the music side, smart deals, make the smart <laughs> deals, and you as a company know what to do with these things. So you have to like, so I said to say like, if people say, oh fuck the fuck the data, make art, then a lot of those artists are either going to broke mm-hmm. or they're going to end up going big and flopping fast because they don't know what the hell they're doing. We get the data, you look at the data, you don't make your decisions on it, but you use it to inform your decisions. We're kind of talking theoretically right now. Uh, Do you guys have any stories direct with artists where it was a moment of having to be like, look, this data matters and I want to like, I want to explain to you what this is and how can like, and what the shift was in their career, right? Like, yeah, I got one. I got one actually. Um, and it's, 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 it's not super elaborate, but it was a little bit. So when, you know, with Brockhampton, they always were like, we'll put out an album and then we'll announce another album. And when we did the second album with them, first album, Iridescence, went number one Billboard. But, you know, they were going through a lot of stuff at that time period. Second album was Ginger, which went top three. And, you know, we thought, to your point, our single that we picked was a song called No Halo. Um, but the second song in the album was a song called Sugar. And we I all liked Sugar, sugar yeah. but we didn't, but we weren't, we didn't, we didn't, you know, we didn't, we just didn't say anything about it, right? I, we, you know, and I give I give Ian Kevin Abstract and the guys credit for uh, putting the uh, the track list the way they did because No Halo was number one mm-hmm. and Sugar was number two. So you'll know right away. You'll know. You can see right away which what's being reacted. So within you know first day or two, they were both neck and neck, neck and neck, neck and neck. And then somewhere along the line, maybe a weekend, two weeks in, three weeks in, it became very clear that Sugar was was a was a bigger record. But even though it was a bigger record. And the label was starting to feel like, okay, we could get behind this. You know, they were like, okay, we got to put something else out right away. And I said, no. I-, I feel you, but no. <laughs> I was like, I, I and me and Tunji, who we, you know, we worked on together. We spoke with 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 the, with the guys and management. We we're like, listen, like, we could put some out eventually, but let's work this song. 
like you see what's happening. This I've since our time working, I haven't seen us do these streaming numbers before. Mm-hmm. Where we have something, and they they you know they and this is where I give them the credit. They said, "We'll trust y'all," mm. and they and um and they and they worked it and they worked it. They you know we were on Twitter crazy and this before TikTok kind of was really grabbing a hold of everything, and they did that. We pushed it on our end, and then. TikTok, the TikTok gods came in, and then right, right before Christmas, <laughs> yeah, the, you know, right before Christmas, you know, a couple of people posted some dances, and it was out of here. You know, what I'm saying on the way to being double platinum. So that's like an example for me. I was going to ask you like how that conversation went, but it's like, yo, we saw it, we brought it to him, and then. Trust. Trust. Dom, do you have one where it's like you remember a moment where you had to like bring data to an artist and be like, hey. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, Derek mentioned being early and what that means. And I think that as a tool, the way that I like to look at research is, okay, spot something, get the gut check, feel like it's good, feel like I, you know, have some kind of an idea of what just listening to it what the ceiling might be, get that to your research guys or, you know, learn how to do a little bit of that yourself and just pay attention to, for me, the most important metrics. And I know this sounds so, I hate even using all of these words, like the engagement. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But engagement is really important because to your point about it being real people, I mean, you talk about thousands and thousands of YouTube comments on a video that hasn't even really scaled up yet, or an artist who has, say, 200,000 followers on Instagram, but their comments and likes and just interactions are outsized, you know, for someone of that, um, with that kind of a following, I think those are the signs that if I'm looking to actually sign something, whether it's time to go in early, which probably it isn't, like usually that's just something you want to pay attention to for a little while, maybe build a relationship, stay close, let them know, you know, part of being early is letting them know I'm here for you and your vision, not just because, like you said, I see you blowing up on TikTok. Like, that's part of, mm. you know... Because what happens an- after that record? Like, what's the follow-up? Right. Or or just making sure that they know, like, I'm actually here for you. I'm in your corner. I would love to be able to sign you when it's time, when it makes sense to pull you into a building, when it makes sense to pull you into a whole system. Um, and then things like that engagement gives you a place to say, all right, there's something grassroots, there's something that can grow in a really healthy way so that you're actually building a fan base and not that that is prepared for whatever viral moment Mm -hmm. or real single or something that takes off. It's like, okay, now your concert tickets are going to be in line with that. Now the press is going to be in line with that. It's like everything can come together. Um, And I, I think that that, feels like the best way for me when you know when it happens in that way can i just add one last little thing to that because that's sure. actually all that all, all that is um all that is, is is super true in regards to data and the artist discovery part because you can be early as hell in an artist and that has no data mm-hmm. at all but you're like I see the vision i know yeah. exactly what the fuck you know to do so i'll bring it in i know who to put around me 
I'll know exactly what to do around me yeah. for it to for us to, for it to get. I mean, I'll say it like when I first when I first found Baby Keem, this kid brought it to me. Um, this kid brought it to me in 2018. He had an EP out called Hearts and Darts. I don't know if you remember, it's on SoundCloud. And I remember being like, "Yo, this kid is fire." You know, I, I DM'd him. We were texting back and forth, and then he put out "Sound of Bad Habit," and I lost my motherfucking shit. I, I lost my motherfucking shit, and I remember emailing. The, I, I remember emailing uh, my bosses right away within 20 minutes of the project being out. I said, I want to sign this. And I knew I, if I was going to sign it, I was going to sign it for something much uh, like a smaller. That was my head space. Yeah. You know, and obviously, you know, the people that was around them, it led to wherever it led to. But, but I already was. I didn't care that the data wasn't that because I knew it was special and I knew where it was going on. So the data part is very important, even to be early. Cause, exactly. Because there are things that you need to pull the trigger on because you're yeah. not going to get a chance later on. Right. Mm. You know, so. Especially doing like uh, Leaders of the New Cool and like now that's like from a slightly different era and you're growing it over time. So you're going mm -hmm. from like feeling to like now we're adding data in. Okay, now we're adding social media and now mm -hmm. we're adding audience in. I mean, you've scaled from the blog era to present day. Um, I say all that to say, and then working as an artist, uh, as an A&R, where are you finding new artists? <laughs> And I don't mean like literally like your secret website, but like where are you all finding it's new like artists? Like tea leaves and like, like yeah, tarot like is cards it, yeah, you're just like on the Ouija board, you vibes. know. <laughs> but yeah, like how? Not, not even where isn't the question. Um, how? How are you all? As it like, that should just be popping up on my timeline. <laughs> yeah, I, yo, yeah. Right. I find the artist I want to sign. Yeah, and I hit the attorney this morning. They like this person, this person, this person want to sign. I said, let me tell you something. <laughs> I ain't about to get in no bidding. Yeah. <laughs> so tell her, Barrelline want to sign her. Go Google me. Do whatever you gotta do. <laughs> and if y'all want to come with me, <laughs> y'all come with me. And if y'all don't, I'll see y'all later. But I'm not about to. <laughs> I ain't about to be paying three million dollars for no deal. Like yeah. I'm past that estate. I'm not getting in no bidding war. Ticking on that unless artist. I yeah. feel in my soul you're yeah. about to be Rihanna, Beyonce. I'm not doing that. Okay. Not... So the, the artist, so the music finds you. Yeah, I need to see it. Like my artists, like Babyface and all of them. Like they be putting me on to shit. Like let me. Yeah. What's crazy is before I started managing Babyface, ESTG, Moneybag, like they was all listening to Face. That's how I got put on mm -hmm. to Babyface. Mm. Cause like Moneybag, all he was listening to was Babyface. Raya when I was start when I was working with Moneybag at the time, and I'm like, yo, he hard. Like the artists put me on to artists too. So yeah. I be tapped in. I'm like paying attention and it's like they the ones that really know and they be following each other and I be seeing but I got mad rules to my social media I do not follow unsigned artists <laughs> I love it I be seeing y'all in the motherfucking likes or the A&Rs then I know everybody trying to sign it just oh, like the artists I'm trying yeah, to sign yeah. right now I see y'all I'm like that Columbia, with Epic RCA hey, I see everybody in the likes hey, man. I don't you know. like shit you ain't even gonna know I, I know I, it I keep a separate gram so when I'm like I do a lot in like in the creative realm I was so thinking about doing that stuff. photographers I, I, I used to have one too. I keep a separate gram <laughs> where I do Um, it follows no one it doesn't give I just I mean it doesn't no one can follow me there's no face to it and I follow everyone that's created <laughs> yeah, that it makes, it makes the deal more. You know? I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> adding my name to stuff has had made more deals more expensive. No, like of course, that, I've had of some people be like, 
Yeah, Babylon trying to sign me. Like, yeah, liar. Yeah, I knew people. I just DM do and said, do facts. you have a, a thing? And then facts, the artist lies. They be like, oh, Instagram is trying to sign me this person. Like, ain't no offer on the motherfucking table. Yeah. But it's it's that digital footprint can mm-hmm. shift how people Yeah, because I, I literally could see who likes this artist thing. Like, and I know I follow all the a and We all cool with each other. So I already see that <laughs> this person from this label. So to me already, in my eyes, I know this deal is expensive. Yeah. Because <laughs> this person and that person is trying to holler at you. Yeah. I'm going to holler at you, but if you don't want to holler back, we're going to take I ain't thirsty. That's real well, shit. I think, about, I think about the Baby Keem example. That's what yeah. I was saying about how you guys find That's them. That's a because superstar. Superstar. I, I heard, wish I would have found Baby Keem. I, I, got baby, I didn't find Baby Keem. Baby Keem was uh, a, lot of, a lot of the homies are yep. around them. So I, I heard Sound of Bad Habits um, and immediately. I What's was like immediately, but I didn't even know there's a project before that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, in the early, this is like not early stages, but semi early compared to what he was. I didn't know everything that was wrapped around him, but uh, through some of the producer homies, and but by then that music's made. So you guys are finding some of these artists. I mean, you found him before I did. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't find him; it was sent to me. <laughs> so you found like that thing, you know? Because yeah. like we can all watch that first video. Yeah. And Polo it's G, real, fine, it's, like the ten, it's like the tenth video, yep. but we think it's the first, first video, video in the audience. Yep. Yeah. Journalists do it all the time, where we're like, "Yo, we found, we discovered this artist." And it's like someone made the music, <laughs> so we them first songs did, be giving me chills. Like if I listen to Polo G Finer's thing, it like crazy. literally give me chills. I remember it reminds me of when I was in Colombia, at Colombia, and picked up the phone and called Polo G, and I'm like. Hey, what's up? This is Marilyn. I'm trying to sign you. And he like, hey, what's up? I'm like, are you, do you have a manager? You got a deal? He's like, no, I just uploaded my video on YouTube. Didn't talk to him for like a month later. Then called him. Everybody's trying to sign him. We're talking about Polo G, one of the biggest mm. artists in the fucking game right now. Yeah. The first moment I called him, when I seen Finer's thing, he got his sister, mm-hmm. his two, li- his little sister, his yeah. big sister in the middle of Chicago with a coat. Like, yep. they look like this is the struggle. This is our story, too. Mm-hmm. Who he is now, <laughs> living the life, you know? Yeah. These are records that, like, I can't even they listen cut, to that they song. Cut through. Yes, because you see the grind and you see the story and you hear the pain in the music. So when you see artists like that, it, it's like it's. Ex- I think the best part of my job, and I'm sure you guys probably agree, is seeing an artist go from A to Z. Mm-hmm. That shit ain't nothing Bro. better to me. I don't. 100%. I can sleep good at night. I can sleep seeing great. that that I was a part of. The narrative and building a story and an artist. Like to me, I'm gonna be good and chill on Babyface Ray when we at the motherfucking Grammys, Amen. and we gonna be there. Amen. I'm gonna get on that Amen. stage Amen. and pop my shit. But we have work to do, and I remind him every day that yeah. to get to those steps and to get to the Grammys and. And let me tell you something. We be holding that Grammy shit real big. It's okay. <laughs> we're not gonna do a we're not gonna do a Grammy side mission. We ain't, I, I we ain't gonna do that. We ain't gonna make y'all real big. All the award shows, BT, we love y'all. Black people, we love y'all. Everybody. <laughs> no, I, Grammys, I fuck with y'all, but we be holding y'all to a high high. <laughs> I think you were regarding. With, Shout regarding, out to Valicia. <laughs> exactly. I know you were regarding the like about like finding the, the artist early and like the, yeah. the, the gut part of it. I, I I think that to that point. There is a certain level of like chills that you that you get when you hear certain things, yeah. and then also keep it a buck too. Like there's the world painting itself. So I think this is where you're heading at, and this is what I'll say. So when I when I first again like 
that's one of the signings that I wish I had because I just I, I saw it play out in front of me and it was like watching in slow mo like no I yeah. remember when I first heard him I'm like this kid's fire I remember hearing Sound Bad Habit this kid's fire then I'm seeing wait Cardo produced everything damn Cardo produced everything this yeah Cardo was like, on I'm like, it I'm like how the fuck is Cardo producing everything I'm calling Cardo I'm like yo Cardo like how this happened he goes yeah you know da 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 and then he's so I'm like if Cardo's involved that means Brock's involved yeah. but if Brock's involved that means wait a minute that means is Kendrick around <laughs> then I'm like oh shit okay well Dave is involved Wait, hold up. <laughs> I knew it, it worked. Like, it, like choose your own adventure. Exactly. Is there like any, I have a question for both of y'all. Is there any artist that y'all didn't sign that y'all like, fuck, I wish I would have signed that. That, that, you had, that we tried, that we tried well, to sign? yeah. Yeah, that you had a meeting with for you like, to me it's Lotto because I was in the room with her. I, I wasn't that involved, but now I see like, her. Oh, you wish. I'm like, damn, I wish I would have signed her. You know what's funny? I can't think of anyone that I regret. You know what I'm saying? Like that, because I, because, Yes, there are always artists that you could have been, you could have signed and it could have made, it would be great. It would be add to your resume, right? But I think, you know, for everybody here and, and a bunch of other a like we've done pretty well for ourselves. And when you get to a certain tier, right, you start realizing that any, the certain artists that you miss or you tried again, you didn't get, they will add to your resume, but it won't take you from here mm -hmm. to here. It'll just add an extra pillow of here, right? There's few artists that like, damn, like, I didn't get this artist. Like, I didn't get this artist, and this could have changed my life. And I can't think of any one of those that I... Yeah. I was going to say, who, I, I I gonna say, who is that? Artist, yeah. What about well, a lot of times it's... Off? Well, I, I haven't had a situation where I passed on something. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, I'm not... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not CEO of any company. Because also, I'm, I'm thinking point. so much about... Like, you what have I'm, to run this shit up through the building. Yeah. You have to convince someone else. That's but part of our job. Someone you brought in, you're like, I wish the steps could have been... Made Brent clear. Fias when mm. a million Man. years ago so, when, they, mm. when they actually were open remember, to actually, taking I deals. I was yeah, because they were trying to take shit right now. So, yo, so... <laughs> they uh, still, yeah. I, I want you to... I don't want to interrupt your answer, but I was just sitting here like, I'm a journalist, and if there's moments, because they hit you, and I'm like, damn, if there's ever someone been like, all right, I'm, no, I'm not a journalist no more, I'm an A&R, mm -hmm. is, is Brent. I remember mm. he's sending messages. He was sending DMs back then, like he had the song of Lore. <laughs> And I'm like, it's like, I'm like my fourth week at Complex. Oh, this time. man. And he sends it to me and I'm like, I have nothing I can do for this kid, but this shit sounds crazy. Yeah. I'm like telling people on the music team, they didn't get it. You're like, I need to be an a That's like with me when I was working at Def Jam at the desk, Sweetie was my homegirl. She's like, yo, Def Jam, bring me up there. I'm like, girl, if you only do, I'm really getting coffee right now. <laughs> I don't got no juice to bring you up here. And I'm like begging the them, can y'all sign Sweetie? And that Queen Aja was another one. Yeah, can y'all sign Queen? Can y'all do this? They're looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. And it's like, damn, like if somebody, sometimes you don't have, when you're the starting juice. off in these positions, you don't you have the juice. So when you are a director of A&R, you may miss a lot because you don't have the yeah. pool that a VP or SVP a VP. does yeah. to be like, um, let's say Interscope, John Janik, hey, John, I have somebody that I really want to sign. Like, he, no. Yeah, I was at his very first show at the Roxy. Um, I actually met him in the studio. He was working with um, Che Pope at the time and mm. kind of in that whole camp and doing writing. And it was like, yo, I make music too. Went to his first show, you know, built the relationship. And, I mean, we all know Ty. Like, mm -hmm. he's a legend. He's <laughs> like the manager that is, you know, rewriting the playbook for everybody. And, mm -hmm. and we all love him. He was, you know, I finally convinced him to take a meeting and to allow Brent to showcase. Which is the real work, because uh, right. Ty's that not, was very. I yeah. mean, back then it was like, well, maybe we'll do it 
we'll do it for you, mm-hmm. you know? So he showcased, which was also a really unique experience. And the songs that he sang are songs that ended up blowing up. But for whatever reason, the label at the time wasn't, wasn't they didn't see it. And because the showcase was so, like, I lit candles and turned the lights out and everything. Like, I was really, really excited about this artist. Mm. It was, you know, totally sick feeling to not make that happen. And then I think, like, a month later, Ty w- did an interview where he just was, like, blasting the, the whole the interview. The DJ Move interview. I wait, remember wait, that. Yeah. Was, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I just he, he recently kinda, heard about that. He was one. kind like, enough to leave my name out of I it. I remember this interview, yeah. But he, he talked about, like, yeah, these labels, they'll say you're special, and then they're offering you bullshit deals and all this yeah, and that. Yeah, he named somebody like, I know, too. They wasn't feeling that. I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. But, but you know, he, 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 he spared me and didn't, you know, put my name in it. Because, obviously, like, we're friends, and it was... It was but all they good. And, it over there. Yeah, he knew it wasn't me, but yep. you know that was one of those things. And then one not long ones. after that, crew yep. was out, yeah. and and everyone's like, "What about?" Can, can, I, can I say Bye. something? To, <laughs> can I say something to that? Because I actually remember, I remember that so vividly because because yeah. after so when you know when crew broke, I called Ty. It was like, "Yo, you know, <laughs> what's up? Hey, what's up? Like, <laughs> you know, you know." And I remember him talking so highly of you. Like he was like, "Yo, like you know, I know." You know, Don tried to bring me over at, you know, bring me over there and, and, you know, but I don't know. I don't know if we're doing that. So I definitely don't know if we're doing anything. And I'm looking at you like, nigga, we just have, you're on the radio, nigga. Like, we, like, we got you on the radio. And, but, but, but that's how it happens. Like when, yeah. when, you know, when, when you go through a process sometimes as an artist and people, you know, make you feel way you sometimes you can hold it you can hold yeah. it and, and and that's why it's very important even as ARs to know how you're stepping and that's why I keep saying mm-hmm. about being early early it's, it's not about being early it's about being on time on time might be early right. it might be early right. but it's about being on time because if you come in there when the things don't make sense you could fuck around and be the guy that like damn I wish I had that to me I, and I, I've started to talk about this a lot more recently like it takes four or five years to be a superstar. Mm -hmm. And if you think about an R&B artist at a label, I mean, no matter what what the deal is, how much the deal was, there's still, like, the clock is ticking. Every time you do a meeting and they're checking in on the roster and they're like, is this person growing enough? Is this person growing enough? You're always going to have a target on your back. So even to Derek's point about, you know, pulling someone in too early... Maybe even if the deal would be cheaper at that point, like you might be better off letting them learn their audience, learn how to work themselves, learn what what they bring to the table, what the brand is, so that by the time they're at a label, maybe they've done two, three years of legwork. Sometimes it takes that long, depending on the artist. And to bring you back on artists, Little Dirk is one of the best artists to show. He hates when I say this. He'd be like, you make me feel old. But he's been doing this for so long. And now it's his peak. And he's one of the biggest artists in hip-hop. It's almost confusing some people because they're like... Dirk been around since Coke Boys. Like, he's been... He's always had the streets. But right now, he's in a place where he's doing Lollapalooza. Mm -hmm. He's doing wireless. He's doing international 
international shows, he has the world in his palm because he has so much momentum. But it did not happen overnight. You see the now, but you don't remember. Who don't? Y'all need to remember when he was with Coke Boys and he was running I, I around with French. Or Doja. Or Doja. Oh, Doja. I mean, yeah. Jesus I heard that she was signed to RCA since for a, a long 20, time before she dropped that move record. A superstar. Yeah. One of the, we're talking about one of the, and she's she needs to be in that conversation. One of the biggest female rappers of right now is Doja Cat. Yeah, that. That's it, this but week. But it we takes that, that long to be superstar. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Yep. Exactly. I got a question for um, you two because I just knowing your rosters, uh, mm-hmm. Gambino as well, yep. yeah. Earl as well. What's it like when you have an artist that um, is already established in some ways in the mm-hmm. fans' minds, already has some music out, mm-hmm. and now you're coming in to help uh, direct yeah. their musical careers and like. That feels a little bit different than necessary discovery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think for 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 Donald's case, Fam and Chad, they're the architects, and, and obviously Donald, obviously those guys, the whole royalty team, Wolf and Rothstein, they're, they're the architects. And you know, um, myself, my boy Adonis, who works on with me, um, Sunji when he was there, um, we were like, we'll follow the lead. You know, it's okay. I, the way I look at artists when they're when they have an established base, especially established base that's proven to be able to generate really good business it's like you let me know what you need right and i'll go get it right and then obviously i'll have my advices if my like i wouldn't do this i wouldn't do that right but the leash is a little bit is a lot longer because you've already shown that you do it so mm-hmm. i don't like you know you already you mm-hmm. you know what you do you know and then you know if, if there is some time where something doesn't work like you know maybe next time let's try this way you know what i'm saying um but for him in that particular case it's like you know, I remember when when they came in, um, they came in with, uh, with with This Is America pretty much. The video wasn't shot yet, but it came in with the record. And I remember hearing the record in, in incredibly, incredibly rough. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, that, that was like, <laughs> like, mind you, we're coming off of Redbone. They're coming off of, they're coming off of Redbone. Like, right. And I'm like, okay, this is, okay, cool. And it's like, yeah, we want to go and we're going to do SNL and we want to perform this SNL. I'm like, okay. He's like, but I need you... Um, I need you to help us either A, get some of these artists to do the ad-libs, wow. or B, clear them. So they had a couple of them already. I remember hitting up um, my homie, and I got um, uh, Black Boy JB on there, who yeah. did, did the, you know, his ad-libs on there. And I remember we had to, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I believe it was, is it Slim, Slim Jimmy, or, or the other, I forget, but one of the, you know, Slim actually, he's an ad-lib on there, and we needed to turn in the record at a certain time so that we can make the date for SNL. Mm-hmm. And they were filming the video for Cambodia. I think that was the name of the song on there, on the third, mm-hmm. on the... On yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And they were in Cambodia and they have no, they have no power. <laughs> so it was hard, it was like, it was hard getting contact with them. So, and these are like, these are the not sexy parts of a that people don't talk about. <laughs> but if we didn't, if we weren't, if we weren't all banging every line that we could to get them, yeah. we probably don't make the date. We probably don't perform at, he probably doesn't, he's probably not able to launch the way it launched. Because mm-hmm. if you remember, it was SNL, from SNL video right after that. And then the world is on a blaze. And these, these, that changes history. So. This is America. Woo. Don't catch you slipping now. Hey. Don't catch you slipping now. Hey. Look what I'm whipping now. Hey. This is America. Yeah. Yeah. Don't catch you slipping now. Hey. Don't catch you slipping now. Hey. Look what I'm whipping now. Look how I'm kicking now. Those little pieces to that Many song, pieces. The Texture Matter, but yep. it's like that's an interesting way to think about how you can work with an established artist, right? Like, so. yo, he just really wanted seasoning on his shit. No You're like, all right, the season's going to take 20 phone calls and get the power back on Cambodia. <laughs> Somebody got to do that. But we Somebody got to do it. we got to get this one ingredient to make this thing that becomes this big moment that, like, yep. that also 
We don't need to cook. We don't need to, like, and that's another thing. I'm, I'm, I'm saying one thing. A lot of times, people in the business, they have so much ego that they feel like they have to be so much a part of everything. No, the fuck yeah. you don't. Get the fuck out the way. Mm. At the end of the day, it's about the artists. So the artists and their team already know what the fuck they're doing, and they've already shown it. They have the vision. Just say, what do you, I'm I'm here to be at service. Does that ego apply to managers? Because I can never be involved in everything. No, well, no. The reason why I'm not saying managers is because managers, to me, I look at managers and artists as a symbiotic relationship. We the yeah. same person. Yeah, yeah the, same person. the same person. The label and the, and, the, and, the, and the camp is two different. Now, yes, the yeah. best ones work hand in hand, yeah. but they're two different parties. And, yeah. if, and if I'm the A&R person, the guy who signed it, the guy who brought it in, if if you have to know which type of artist requires what, which all goes back to mm-hmm. that. See how all this shit plays together? Data, all these things. If you're an artist that's established, I know there's a leash that you can do stuff that I don't have to do that. So or I don't need to do those stuff. If you if you want me to, but do they it, don't I'll want do you to. Oh yeah, yeah. or you don't or you don't want me to. You know, and, and for Donald's case, we were like, whatever you need. We I I, I suggested, yo, you know who we know who should mix it? Should get Ali to mix it. Tunji knew Ali. We got Ali I to love mix Ali. it. And then yeah. boom, that's how that's literally how it happened. And then because we're like, oh, they just did the Black Panther soundtrack. This sounds like some Black Panther ass shit. Let's get let's get this <laughs> let's get the sound, you know what I'm saying? And and that's how and then and he did it and, and nailed it and you know became and, and obviously the video is, you know, I mean what it I is. mean, you know, and it became, you know, a massive record, Grammy record. So but to that point, it's like we just facilitate what is needed. We don't try to do too much. I don't try to be all up in the mix because I don't need to. They got it. They've done it. <laughs> they do it, you know? So how do you feel for like an artist like Earl who um has had such a not even say unique career, but such an interesting journey of how he's wound about who he's around, the world that he's built around him. Yeah. And then also like can be like reclusive at times and pop back out. But in the last couple of years, it's like been more consistent with releases. Mm-hmm. His world's become more visible. Yeah. Um, but he had a he had a career, not even a career, he had an identity in the public, an idea about him before. Yeah. Um, you know? Well, one thing with him, the number one job that I have with with Earl specifically is to be the absolute wall at the label of like we need ideas but you will not put whack juice on this and like <laughs> really protect his Real vision shit. like you're not going to try to push us to do a weird feature or something that doesn't make sense for him and to be really really clear so the two projects there's actually three so we did feet of clay mm-hmm. there's a you know that project was right before the pandemic and I don't I know there were a few retrospectives like kind of a year later because the project is literally about you know the vulnerabilities that's going to cause our society to fall down and that was like a few months before all of that happened so you know he's an artist that really functions and his 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 art starts truly with an idea I don't want to say it was a concept album but there were concepts surrounding it that were really important to him and were really speaking to where his frame of mind was, even the way that it was mixed, spoke to his frame of mind, like it was a little muddier than usual. Like that's just where he was. And then we started recording, you know, during the pandemic, um, I, I probably heard 15 to 20 songs Half of those we ended up scrapping. Like, there was a whole concept. I don't think I want to mention the name because he might still use it one day. There there was an entire concept that we built around that was really exciting. And, you know, I'd wrap my head around this for about eight or nine months. And then one day, 
I'm like chasing him down to say, can we sit down and, and listen to these mixes? And he's like, we can sit down. <laughs> <laughs> we sit down. Um, he has spoken about this in interviews, but he's like, no, the project is called Sick and it's about this now. And it, to, to me, to this day, I still feel like it's the only project that has taken head on the pandemic, mm-hmm. what it feels like for people, the anxieties surrounding it. And, you know, so it was really important that we were able to execute. I was having the whole building really clear on like what needs, how this needs to feel and how important this vision is and how, um, you know, the whole concept and, and, you know, obviously the press side of it was really fantastic. And he really leaned in on making sure that he was explaining himself. And I think he had to really trust, trust us, you know, as an artist that, I mean, I wouldn't say he's anti-label, but it's like, he's certainly not a label creation by any means. Like he's himself. So he, he comes with ideas, but he was also very open to other contributions and I feel like that was a huge step forward. People kind of on the low know that Earl discovers a lot of artists and he's one of the most connected artists Mm -hmm. and one project that we did was with um, his producer Black Noise who's incredible who did a compilation of um, you know artists like Pink Sifu, Liv uh, just just Danny Brown was on that project and, and like made this really cool um, compilation during the pandemic. All the videos, the artists shot their own videos and sent them in. It just was it was like a pandemic project that, <laughs> that actually was really fun and creative. So like allowing Earl to be an executive in that way, too, was was kind of was a new experience for all of us. There's an interesting pool of artists who are kind of like execs. Um, I always thought like Gucci in that in that mm-hmm. thing. I throw Cam in that space or really kind of Jim Jones in that space. Yeah. Uh, Earl is in that. He's another another one side of, the, of that. Yeah. One of Rocket those. Side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what are essential questions you ask your artists um, when you work with them? Like what are essential questions that come? Like something you realize like as an A&R, I realize I'm saying, I'm, when I'm interacting with my artists, this is a big part of the process. A question of like, I don't know, it's as big as who are you or like where do you see yourselves? Like what are some of those questions you start to be like, this is part of my... What is the vision? What's the story? Especially when we're about to put out an album. I don't just want you to put in an album of all the records you have. What is the story (laughs) behind it? (laughs) Starting from the cover art, how does the cover art look? What is the cover art going to feel like when I see it? Like Little Baby's new artwork is like so amazing. (laughs) What? There's so much more. It's only me. Then you have the two goats the that two was goats. baby goats in the first in the cover. First now one. they, they adult so goats. And then you have, um, what you call those? The, the Mount Rushmore. The of, Mount Rushmore of, all, of, of only him. In different stages. So Crazy. This makes me feel like this is going to be the album of the year because that cover of itself is like, this is my growth. This is who y'all seen little baby as and this is who I am now. Like, his, he has one of the best covers of all I time I love that right he's now. stuck with the same visual art. I forget his name. Uh, Mahalo. Mahalo. He's phenomenal. Mahalo's amazing. Yeah, he does yeah. like Yachty stuff as well, right? Yeah. I I, and I don't I don't say it in this exact way, but it's more of like like who do you want to be? And what I mean by that is like, you know, if we're trying to go for the moon, if we're all trying to go for the moon, this is it's not just the records got to go to the moon. You got to go to the moon. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference between, you know, the lifestyle that Michael Jackson lived and the lifestyle of um, 
uh, Frank Zappa, you know, mm-hmm. Sade. Like, or Sade, <laughs> or even, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if, if, it, it, yes, actually, Sade's a great one because there's levels. Yeah. There's like, Sade's yeah. massive, but there's levels to massive. Yeah. There's also levels, to, there's a lot of levels to success, yeah. you know? And each level requires a, a, a level of opening t- yourself to the world that you may not want to do if you don't want that. You got to submit know? to it. You got to commit to it. It's the difference between Weekend and Frank. It's the mm-hmm. difference. And not, and not one, it's just about, what they feel comfortable you, doing and but, how they want to yeah. maneuver. But there's yeah. artists that it works for them to be private. It, it works for it them. It works yeah. perfectly fine. But then there's fine. the artists that they got to post on social media every they, day. People need it's to like, see it. But it's like, who are you? Who yeah, are you? like yeah. Kendrick could go MIA. Kendrick don't need a post for a year. Yeah. When he dropped that album, it's, it's going number on one. It. Everybody's then on Then you're talking it. about an artist that's almost big, but they have to post. They got to let you know that this album is coming. They can't just drop the day that, like... The, the only... Per- the time where it becomes an issue is when you mistake... When you, like, when you mistake who you are with who you want to be. Yep. If you... If you're somebody that you know, I don't want that life. I'm not that person. And this is not even just music. This is a life thing, to be honest yeah. with you. If you like, I don't want to be that type person, but I want that type of acclaim and success, it doesn't add up. You, you're again. You're asking for some a hail mary to happen to you that probably doesn't exist mm-hmm. in life in general. Everything has a cost. Mm. There's a trade off in anything. And there's someone like Kendrick. Even even when I say Kendrick, if you go back years, 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 Kendrick wasn't at, always as recluse as he is now. He wasn't necessarily like you know OJ Juice Man or whoever else. He was attached yeah. to a lot of other people. But he was too. yeah. He was he was he was out there. You you know. Yeah. He Rocky wasn't World. posting. Hey, I woke up. This yeah, he wasn't or, that. I'm chilling with the homies. He wasn't that, that. But he, but he wasn't like I can't find you. He was no, in the middle. Yeah. And as he got bigger, he said, "Okay, well, this is what I want. This is the piece I want to have." Yeah. So you have to be happy with what you want and accept it. And when you accept it then it's up to everybody on your team to follow your lead and figure out how to make what's your acceptance as big as humanly possible. And as workable. As workable and as successful as possible. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's something that when we're looking at signings, we have to be aware of as well. If they, you know, <laughs> yes, yeah. there's a ton of artists that, you know, and people that know me know, like, some of my tastes can be very... Um, <laughs> small as far as just the scale of it and those those are the things that I personally want to listen to quite a bit that I know that I couldn't necessarily bring into a label and like that's okay and if I meet with an artist and I know well there's a certain amount of compromise that they're not going to want to do whether it's lifestyle wise whether it's exposure any of those things you know depending on the artist working with outside producers or writers or or anything if, if I feel like they might need that to reach where I might in my head see them when I am reaching out, then it might be like, okay, that's something that I don't know if it's workable for for us, but I can still be a fan. And sometimes the artist's instincts are right. Like I've seen artists where their posting schedule actually ends up working in their favor and they teach the label something about how their fan base works. And, and, and that can... You know, that definitely happens. Everybody needs to be open to learning on both sides. But in general, yes, if they want superstar acclaim, but they don't want to show up to anything, especially if they're new, that's not that's not feasible. (laughs) I don't want to. I just got into one of them (laughs) this week. They don't want to do something. And I'm like, but you want to be invited to these shows out of the country and these looks, but you don't want to show up. And also one thing that I, you can't, he's like, but, 
But if that means if doing that one thing means that I can't get to the other, I say, yeah, you yeah. have to do steps to get invited to certain things. And also, could I could I just mention this because I had a conversation with one of my OGs recently about the fact that. You know, we came up in the MTV era or when mm. BET was like doing. real countdowns, real ability for there to be a focused effort. So if there was some, you know, potential for a label, because we're all at, you know, deal with labels, mm-hmm. like for us to impact an artist's career, part of that juice was to be able to get you on MTV mm-hmm. or to be able to get you on BET, some kind of form of rotation, some kind of form of like, there's a countdown, everyone's watching at this time. It's very hard to focus everyone's Damn, attention. Yeah, I mean, we we, we really would love to see there be more platforms that feel TikTok. like they, they pull everyone together. But even TikTok is kind of fractured in a sense. I mean, like everyone's got a podcast. They don't have a set like this, but not like this one. But 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 yeah, if we I, I mean to pull back together some kind of scale of monoculture where everybody's kind of paying attention at the same time, that may never happen again. So again, the challenge is even greater for artists to not disappear. Like we can't just put you in front of everybody and make sure you have to do the work and sometimes you can't spoil these artists. Yeah, exactly. And and be a lot of different things. It's not like being that one thing to that one audience, right? Right. It's being a lot of different things to a lot of different audiences. There's artists who just pop like they got the fashion, so they're on fashion pages. Artists that pop because they they drop but street those worlds those. aren't for everybody. Those no. yeah. fit for every artist. Some artists be trying to get into saying. those lanes, yeah. and it's not their lane. And you just gotta. It, it ain't your lane. It ain't your spot. It's not gonna everybody work. can't be like Rocky. Everybody can't be like Rihanna. They can't. Yeah. Like it works for certain artists, and it takes time. Like Lotto was just at every fashion show. She, she, was she had gotten invited to them shows last year? No, and it's okay because this year she did. You know, mm-hmm. it exactly. takes your time, and it's time for everything. I think everybody wants to rush into these spaces. Yeah. That you don't have the invite for yet, or you don't have the, you don't know, and it takes time. That's nothing bad. It should be like, no, that's damn, a, that's a process. I can't get into this. I gotta work. I it's remember, I remember Ray called me once. Fire. Ray called me once. He couldn't get into this party like BT was to, BT weekend. He like, man, this shit just motivated me. That's amazing. He couldn't get into that club at Wire in London, the It Club in London. Oh, yeah, you, he like, man, they'll be waiting outside. This shit just motivated me. To go hard, I'm like, cause I know if I was somebody big, they would have got me in. me in, in the back, through the back, <laughs> through the back. That's the right attitude back. too. Yeah, like he don't, he he be like, man, this shit just inspires. He, he gonna me go far. He gonna go far, bro. He gonna, he gonna, <laughs> yeah. So I guess to wrap this up, I'm curious for you all. And this doesn't have to be about A&R, but um, you guys are seeing the creation of music, the promotion of music. You're watching uh, artists' lives change. You're watching some of them change for the better, the worse. You guys are seeing it all from the vantage point. Um, what are you all most excited about in music today? And I mean, when I say it could be an artist, it could be a new platform, it could be anything. It could be a something's gone. Damn, that's that, a it could be. It, it, it could be that I'm excited. This thing that used to be around is now gone. I'll like, t- yeah, I, you know what I'm excited for? I'm excited that um, people, artists are putting. Well, not artists. You have to. You have to have good songs to connect mm-hmm. in a real way again because there was a time period with, when when TikTok first hit 2019 and through the pandemic because it was like a, it was the new glitch of the system it was the new matrix that no one knew whatever that was being dictated online everyone had to follow so if you had some random goofy thing that was going on and it popped off because of a dance or whatever everybody 
followed too. But to your point, everything becomes fractured. Even TikTok is fractured because you could go viral on TikTok, but it, it lasts a lot shorter mm-hmm. because there's more things going viral at the same time because there's more people on TikTok. But you a know, week later. A week later. So, but you know what doesn't? You know what doesn't go away? A good song. Great song. When you have a great song, it doesn't matter how you start. It's undeniable. It's going to yeah. get there. As long as you have people working yeah. it and the artist that's committed to it, it's going to get there. It's always been that way, but it, it, the industry didn't make make it look like it was going to be that way. So a lot of artists and a lot of executives didn't believe in it. But I think if you look very closely, if you look at all the records that are really connecting. They've all been the artists, around for a they're, while. They're good songs. Yeah, and it takes time great to songs. work a record. It don't happen time. overnight. What are you most excited for? I... I actually think that, you know, the opportunity that's in the streaming era, I mean, even though the fracturing does make it more difficult for us to concentrate on superstars and break things, it just makes everyone's job more challenging. I think, you know, the opportunity for artists like a Steve Lacey or artists who can really find their lane and not have to feel like they need to play the game and need to make something that's super, I mean, I hate this word, but like mainstream pop or like stripped stripped of anything that's soulful or interesting. I think there's a lot more opportunities, um, even financially for artists to to thrive in their pocket and mm. and you know, build their careers. and i'm I'm excited to see what comes out of that because, I mean, I want to hear new genres. I want to hear new, you know, new sounds. And that can't really happen if everyone's trying to focus on the same, you know, the same few lanes. So I think that that fracturing is sort of a blessing in disguise where, you know, something experimental. I mean, I know everything that I'm looking at right now kind of sounds like something that I haven't heard before. And that's actually still a great feeling. That's real shit. What about you? I'm just excited for artists that really want to make good music. That's all. Mm -hmm. Music that my kids could listen to and be like, oh my God, that came out. Or, you know, like, good records. Not just bullshit and just saying anything. Like, I want to hear your story. I Like, I feel like the 90s and the 80s were like timeless records. It's time mm-hmm. for those records to come back and really have a yeah. meaning in the culture. And just for all these cities that are blowing up, like Detroit and Houston and these new cities. Because I know Atlanta, New York... New York is coming back to with the drill sound, but it's just like they started, they they took this sound and they're making it there. So I want to see more of it. And it's just, I think it's a good time for music. As long as the artists are making good records, we should be good. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Y'all gonna, we're going to still have a job. I agree. Yeah. I, I hope so. Agree. <laughs> I, I completely agree. This, this, and and, and I'll, I'll say this too because... Um, this is something I actually post on Twitter. One of the things I'm also really excited about, and not just in hip-hop, but across all the genres, is the women are really pushing this shit, I know, that's motherfucking right. Like, like obviously, the women in rap has been a a talking point for the last three years, and Mm -hmm. it, to me, did, like, the most exciting parts of rap right now Mm -hmm. for me. But but let's take out of hip-hop. We talked about the Beyonce album. Uh, Rosalia's Moto Mommy is, is to me arguably mm. top five album of the yep. year like there's so many you the know Model 7 7 album uh, was really really uh, good from start to begin I, man I, again like thank you and and the, I think a lot of women are really like really showing these motherfuckers like bro like 
this shit is like this ain't a game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just signed the female special. artist too. Y'all should check her out. Her name is Libra Jolie. Hey, yep, yep. She's from Houston, Texas. Houston. She will rap the fuck out of anybody. <laughs> she don't give a fuck. Oh, she got that attitude, but she look like a Barbie doll. <laughs> but she knows how to rap her ass off. And when she walk into a room, she's a motherfucking superstar. Like it's undeniable. Like uh, she fire. Stardom for her. Thank you guys for pulling up and not Thank just you. talking Thank about you. um. Thank you. What an A and R does, but like what an A and R should do, could do, um, the role labels play, um, how they can support more, and then also just like um, y'all clearly like love music, you know. Oh, what? Like this could this could have just been a like here's the th- way to do the job, but y'all like the thing that really cut through is that y'all love y'all love music and creativity. So thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you. What's up, y'all? This is Baraline. This is the Rap Caviar Podcast with Dom, Derek, and Jinx. And oh. this shit is lit. What's up? Exclusively on. <laughs> Exclusively on Spotify. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs>